You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Well, welcome in there, Broncos country, and it is once again time for another episode of Building the Broncos. I'm your host, Carl Dummler, and with me today is not Nick Kendall. <laughs> he has some other things that are going on, and so I am joined by by Mr. Luke. Thank you for, for joining me once again. Always love having you on the show, man, and uh, I'm excited for our topic today. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm really pumped to be here. Obviously, you know, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the Iowa community and um, especially Nick right now and one of our superstars, Pabby, and um, anyone in Iowa right now. So thoughts and prayers. I bust on Iowa all the time, but in all reality, man, we love them and we hope you guys are doing well. But yeah, Carl, we got a big show ahead of us, man. Running back Philip Lindsay was one of two Broncos to talk today for the broncos and uh Darrell casey he spoke but for me philip Lindsay, man there's so much meat on that bone that we got to get to and i can't right. wait to wrap with you right now and and Darrell casey you know he's got himself a great situation he knows yep. it he's excited for it and uh so if you guys ever want to talk about that just hit us up here in the comments but yeah philip Lindsay, he he doesn't hold back ever <laughs> No, he's not one to, to sugarcoat any situation. And uh, so he, he definitely brought, like you said, the fire today. And uh, good to see everyone that's coming in here. Uh, it's too many to name already. That's great. To, great to see you guys. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to get to that here in just a sec. But I want to know, every, I want everyone to know uh, where you can find us on uh, on Twitter, of course. Uh, you can find me at Carl Dumbler MHH. You can find Nick at Nick Kindle MHH. Luke, what's yours? At Luke Patterson LP. There you go. Uh, so make sure that you are following us on Twitter, guys, because uh, we love to chat with anybody that's out there. You can follow the podcast Twitter account at BTB Football Pod. Make sure you subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating. That makes such a huge difference. And uh, and we read those. We really do. We take those to heart. Anything, any critique you guys have, we we listen. And uh, sometimes we respond, sometimes we don't. <laughs> but uh, we appreciate it. Also, make sure you head on over to milehighhuddle.com with Sports Illustrated. We have lots and lots of content that's coming out. Uh, I think it's Friday. They're kicking off real, real practice where they can start getting pads on pretty quick. So we're going to have lots and lots of content for you. Head on over there. And know that this podcast is also powered by Overtime Media. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. 
With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get to the to the meat of this discussion, and and that is again Philip Lindsay going before the media, and he th- this whole off season he's kind of gone back and forth on this whole have I been dis- disrespected by the team by them signing Melvin Gordon and not paying me? Uh, at one point it's kind of like oh yeah that that's I can't believe they do that but I'm going to prove them wrong. Now it's hey I think we're pretty good friends. And so it's kind of a, a weird dynamic that he has going on. And, and I understand, like, it's a it's a bad situation for him to be put in where he's got to continue to answer all these questions about uh, <laughs> whether he's happy about the situation. I mean, you, you pay a big-time running back, big money, and you have this guy that's been a 1,000-yard rusher for two straight seasons. I, I would feel a little insulted, too, if I'm honest. Yeah, absolutely. How could you not feel slighted? I mean, it's one of those things for me when I was listening to Phil talk today. The very first thing I noticed about Phil, other than he's looking absolutely shredded, he talked about putting 10 pounds of muscle on. We're going to get into that and how that's ultimately either going to help or hinder his ability in the 2020 season. We'll get to that. But seeing him smiling was a big one for me. He seemed genuinely happy to be talking to Broncos country, to be talking to the media and, you know, in other times and losing situations, you got kind of a cranky Philip Lindsay at times. And, you know, he comes with that attitude and say what you want about him. He always has a chip on his shoulder, but uh, for me, yeah. How can you not feel slighted? You're an undrafted free agent. We all know the story. Uh, Don't need to get into Phil's story. He's the greatest guy ever, right? He's Denver's son. We get that. But at the same time, it's a what have you done for me lately leak. And we're expecting Philip Lindsay to improve this year, just like Philip Lindsay is expecting to improve this year. Now, in hindsight, could you have gone back if you were the Broncos and somehow split all that money that you're paying Melvin Gordon with Philip Lindsay? Maybe not. Maybe Melvin Gordon doesn't want to do that, and maybe it just doesn't work out. It's a nice thought, but yeah. we're here in training camp right now, Carl, and you hit the nail on the head. These guys are in the same building now, and they seem to be getting along, but that wasn't the tune that Philip Lindsay was was really pitching early in the spring. And uh, Melvin Gordon, definitely not short of confidence either. So, uh, yeah, there's a ton to get yeah. into with Phil. Right. And I, I'll start with this part where they, they ask him if, if bringing in Melvin Gordon brings extra motivation for him. Yep. And, and he made the comments that, no, not really. He doesn't need anything to bring him motivation. He's already motivated enough. And I, I can agree with that to a point because he has always been that guy that's been doubted his entire career. He's kind of like Chris Harris where he has that just attitude of, you guys have always doubted me and you're going to continue to doubt me even when I perform well. 
And and even Chris Harris today still has that chip on his shoulder. And I, I'm guessing Philip Lindsay's going to have it the rest of his career too. So I think that's always going to be there. But I, I do think that there's also just there, – there's no way that that didn't motivate him some. Yeah. Just to I, really want to go out there and say, okay, you paid all this money to this guy. I'm still going to be the man. <laughs> Yeah, listen, Philip Lindsay's mad. We all know he's mad, and he's mad with good reason. Um, but th- to back up, I-, I agree with you. I mean, you know, and he said his direct quote, I don't need another man to fuel my fire. Um, I know what I want for my family, and that's what fuels me. And I completely believe him that his family and becoming a father is such a significant thing for him, and he values that so much, and it's one of the things that makes him a very respectable young man and um, one of the reasons the community embraces him, and he's a great guy off the field, great player on the field, but you know what? You've made it. I mean, the underdog mentality and everything, yeah, I guess that's all going to be there, but you made it when you signed to the Broncos. You made it when you started as a running back. You made it when you went to the Pro Bowl. You made it when when you went back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. So my expectations and the expectations for many for Philip Lindsay to improve his game isn't a slight on Philip Lindsay. It's all his charts, man. You know, everything's pointing up. For Philip Lindsay. So I expect a better Philip Lindsay. And you have to believe that those tweets in the spring about, you know, we're going to see and and everything else like that. I mean, I think he's as competitive as the next guy in the room, maybe even a little more. He's got that John Elway competitiveness to him where he can't stand losing. Sometimes, you know, he takes it out better ways than others. But absolutely, he feels slighted. And, you know, I think the Broncos are going to need both Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, but I'm just looking for him to take that ultimate little bit of maturity, take that step. And I saw that a little bit today. I didn't get all of it, but I saw flashes of it with his warm embrace for training camp and how excited he is to be there. I definitely believe that, but make no mistake. He's mad, Carl. He's a mad man. And that's not a bad thing for the Broncos to have him mad. Right. I mean, him putting on 10 pounds of muscle, I do worry a little bit. Does that take away some of his his speed, his quickness? Uh, you and I were talking about before the show. No, Sean Moreno did that. Where one year, I can't remember what season it was. I think it was the second year. He got banged up his rookie year. Decided, hey, I'm going to put on some muscle so I can handle the wear and tear of the NFL season. Well, then he lost a step. And he right. just was not the same running back and got himself injured anyway. And then finally shed all that weight, come back. And that was, I think, then a couple more years, obviously, than he had his thousand yard season with Peyton Manning. And and it was just, you know, one of the most dynamic. It was really it was the most dynamic offense that the NFL has ever seen. So I, with Philip Lindsay, that's why I always worry a little bit with some players who put on a lot of weight during the offseason and call it muscle. Uh, you know, Von Miller did that in 2013 and he wasn't quite as quick around the edge. And I, I do worry a little bit about that with him this year because he really bulked up. Sure. Man, he I mean, he looks good. He looks really good. He looks damn best shape good. I've, yeah, the best shape I've ever seen him. But part of his game is just that flexibility. I mean, his ability to dip around the edge and that speed, that's what's made his game. So uh, I, I just want to see what it looks like once it actually gets to the field. But I, I don't doubt Philip Lindsay's still going to make an impact this season. But uh, all right, let, let's get to a couple comments here real quick. Um, and then we'll come back to this subject because we, we still got plenty to talk about with this. But uh, Kevin Peterson coming in with the super chat. Glad to see you survived your skydive, Carl. 
What's up, Luke? Uh, hashtag Carl's uh, Carl's uh, Cajo, uh, Cajones. Oh, sorry, Cajones. Oh my god. Give <laughs> me a second. Give me a second. Nice uh, work, Kevin. Yeah, my bad. Um, well, the the Cajones got a little smashed on the the skydive, and uh, yeah. Uh oh, we gotta we gotta build them up, much like the Broncos trying yeah. to build up uh, <laughs> their running back room, and they certainly did that by getting Melvin Gordon. You know, as we look at the Philip Lindsay in, interview, and as we start to go through it, one thing that I, I certainly feel from Broncos country is a divide between Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. And one thing for me, and I know Nick and I have gotten into it, and I want to hear your position. I think the Broncos are going to need both of these guys. Now, I don't think these guys are going to be teammates forever by any means. But for me, the Broncos need their their two running backs who both have injury history now, Philip Lindsay with the wrist and Melvin Gordon with other things, certainly more serious than the wrist. But you need them both, man. You, right. The Broncos need so much work on offense, and their actual veteran players right now are in the running back position. Their receivers are young. Their tight ends are young. So I think the, Bron- the Broncos really have to rely on both guys. Do you see it working for the Broncos if, you know, Melvin Gordon's hot one game to play less snaps than Phil or vice versa? Because they were asked about that today, and it was an interesting answer from Phil. Well, and to me, the great thing is they are two very different types of running back. So what Philip Lindsay thrives in of those big play, hit the hole with speed, get those big touchdowns, those 50 yarders that really just spark an offense and, and really take the air out of another team. Uh, that's what you need. But you also need that guy that can pick up that third and one that can score in the red zone, that can be a great pass blocker like Melvin Gordon is. Uh, and so they really complement each other's games well. And then also they can help keep each other rested. That, that's another important thing. This is a 16-game season, hopefully more. We'll, we'll see how the season plays out. But uh, it, just the wear and tear that running backs take, this is why teams don't pay running backs because usually they're already broken down by the time you actually pay them. So you're paying them for services they've already done instead of services that they're going to do. Uh, and I worry about that a little bit with Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. He's taken a beating, obviously, these last couple of years. Like I said, they both had a couple little injuries, little little dinks here and there. But but having both of them again, it just means when you have uh, the offense going, defense are going to have to prepare for both guys because again, they're bringing something different to the offense. And so the Broncos can really mix up everything that they're doing. And and it's also just an upgrade over. I mean, Royce Freeman. His rookie year, before he got injured, he looked like he was doing pretty darn well. And then he got banged up, and he's just never been the same player. And and so there just was this huge drop-off when Philip Lindsay went out of the game and you put Royce Freeman in there. The offense just came to a, a, a stall. And so now having that second running back means the offense can keep that engine going down the field. Yeah, I agree with that. And there was a comment I'd like to find, and maybe, John, you could find it for me. There was there was someone in our thread who said, you know, anger can only inspire good things for Philip Lindsay. Well, I understand what, what that means and, and what that um, is translating to. It can also divide a locker room. If you're looking at a homegrown guy in Philip Lindsay who has great relationships with his teammates, and then you're looking at another guy in Melvin Gordon who may be perceived as the outside guy looking in, 
Melvin Gordon hangs with Von Miller. Melvin Gordon knows these guys on the Broncos, too. He may not have been teammates with them, but Melvin Gordon, Flash Gordon, appears to be a very popular guy in that locker room, and I definitely believe it. So if there were problems, which I don't anticipate there would be, I think Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon are both professionals. They know how to conduct themselves. But I think both men should inspire the other to be better. That doesn't mean that one is going to be a better player than the other. That just means you're trying to get the best out of both players. Now, right. Philip Lindsay has always been the top dog whenever it came to competition. Melvin Gordon, things started to change a little bit with his MIA injury slash suspension type thing and, and Austin Eckler filling those roles. So I don't know that we've seen Melvin Gordon have an opportunity to respond to true competition just yet, but I think Philip Lindsay will definitely be pushing him. Yeah. And it's, it's nice that he's actually going to be here for training camp. Last year, missing that, it, it showed how much that hurt him. He just was not the same running back. And then you look at the last about four games of the season, all of a sudden he started looking like that Melvin Gordon that was able to rush for 1,000 yards, have the mm-hmm. 12 touchdowns or whatever he had. Uh, and, and so, I mean, that's obviously what you hope he can bring to, the, to Denver. And I do know, I, I think it's also hard where a lot of Broncos country has seen Philip Lindsay training with Drew Locke. So the two of them have been out on the practice field. And so I don't think a lot of people have seen what Melvin Gordon's been doing this offseason. But I promise you, he has been working hard. I've seen some of his videos. The man is working hard. He's in good shape. He's going to be ready to go when the season comes. And and so, again, I I just think that competition is good. Yep. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Greg Smith, thank you so much for the comment. That was it. Thank you, John, on the ones and twos, finding that comment from Greg. Yeah, Greg, I saw that, and I had to get to that because I completely agree with you, man. Anger anger can absolutely motivate people, but it can also be a very raw emotional response. Phil has had a lot of time to sit and and think about this, and um, they're going to need each other, bottom line. And, and I think you're going to see good things from the Broncos. But absolutely, you're seeing Flash Gordon out there with Drew Locke getting their work in. You're seeing Philip Lindsay getting their work in. I like it. I like it a lot. It's going to be really weird, though. I'm going to be honest, Carl. Seeing another 25 out there that's, you know, not CHJ. <laughs> yeah. I'm having problems with it, man. And it's going to be even weirder when you see CHJ and a 25 over there. Um, Which eight, one? Man, it, it Which kills one's me. weirder? The number 95 not being Derek Wolf or the number 25 not being Chris Harris? Oh, I'm going to go Derek Wolf because Wolf is one of my favorite guys of all time. I've got to spend a lot of time with him, uh, you know, doing some interviews and then off of uh, the media as well, man. I've got to bowl with him and his family. He's a great dude. So I'm very biased. And you know what? Derek Wolf never got enough love. Vaughn Miller is yep. the only one that ever is really stuck up for Derek Wolf. And while I wish him a great season in Baltimore, you're exactly right. That 95, that 25, it's looking weird. So, and yeah. then 
15 and 21 even with AJ Bouye, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Akeeb. That's Akeeb's number, you know, yeah. and then especially at cornerback. So trying to get used to uh, a 25 as a running back is definitely going to be interesting. But 25 and 30, I love the combination. Yeah, yeah, it, it should be good. Uh, like you said, I, I do worry a little bit. Let's say Melvin Gordon wins the competition for the number one running back spot. How does Philip Lindsay handle that adversity? Ooh. I think that'll speak a lot to, to the character of the man. If he can sit there and stay focused in, working hard, and not sit there going, okay, you know what? I'm out of Denver after this year. I'm I'm done. Yeah, that, That's going to make a, a huge difference of how he would handle a situation like that. Yeah, and that actually – I have a question about that too. Why wasn't – it wasn't asked today. Now, the media does a great job here in Denver, some of the best to do it. But why wasn't it asked today by anyone? Hey, Phil, why didn't you get a deal done? Was a deal ever offered to you? You know, some of those hard questions, I know they're trying to, you know, promote a very positive um place over there right now surrounding a very negative world but those questions are going to come up in training camp when depth charts are released just like you're saying then those questions of you know well phil do you feel like you have something to prove considering john elway said he was going to look at your contract at the end of the year that's certainly a question that you know i would want to know the answer to and you know I, i would like to think that you know i could ask in one of those press conferences trying to figure out the media coverage and everything like that but that's something I'd want to see. I'd want to know his true, honest answer. And one thing that I really respect about Philip Lindsay, and I've been labeled a Philip Lindsay hater for a little bit, um, just because I want to see the guy get better. It doesn't mean I, I can't stand him or anything like that. So don't come at me on Twitter. I like the guy. Who doesn't like the guy? Right. But the biggest thing is I can see so much area of improvements in his game. He's already a great player. He can be a phenomenal player, and I want to see him right. do it on the consistent basis that he's doing it. But how do you respond? in that adversity because i'm telling you right now when you're spending what is it 12 million dollars on melvin gordon and six hundred thousand on philip Lindsay, who do you think the one and two is you know and and it might be on a piece of paper but who's out there on the very first play of the game who's right. introduced as the starting running back those things matter especially when you're the hometown kid and right. I can definitely see uh, support for Philip Lindsay. I just hope it doesn't turn into hate against Melvin Gordon because he's a Bronco now. He's ours. We got to embrace him, and right. we're going to need him. Well, and it's like Melvin Gordon coming here. He has that revenge idea that he wants to prove the Chargers wrong for not yeah. paying him. They, I mean, because they did the same thing. They paid another running back and an Eckler, and not paying Melvin Gordon. Right. And uh, obviously, like last year, they tried to get a contract done, couldn't get something done. And then this year, didn't get anything done, paid another running back. And so he's got a revenge factor that he wants to go prove that uh, the Chargers made a big mistake. And and so uh, really, we should be embracing that going, man, this guy wants to to ha- give it to the, the Chargers. Uh, but again, because he's competing against that local kid kind of makes it a, a weird situation for him. So, yeah, I, I hope we give him a chance. I hope or hope everyone gives him a chance because I think he is a good player that can make a huge difference on this offense, something that they didn't have last year with that third and short yardage. That he yep. is one of the best in the NFL. He's one of the best goal line running backs in the NFL. Again, two things that were absolutely missing last year. And when you're, su- when you're sacrificing, instead of scoring seven points, you're scoring three points when you get to the goal line. 
that's that's games right there. Most games are decided by a touchdown or less. And and so a guy like Melvin Gordon can make that kind of difference for this offense. And and then it can also then help Philip Lindsay where they can just say, okay, big play, we need it right now. Philip Lindsay, go get it for us. And so I, I am. I'm interested in the combination. I like it. And I like Kevin Peterson coming in here with the super chat. We got two number one wide receivers. Uh, Chad Johnson says we have three. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, and two number one running backs were stacked. Um, I, I hope so. It, that's. I, I think it was Lance came out with an article today about wide receiver rankings in the division. And he didn't have the Broncos very high. <laughs> but it was mostly just because other teams in the division have more proven players. And that's what I love about Lance, and that's what I love about our staff. And you guys can read all our work at milehighhuddle.com. But that's just it, Carl. We don't look at things with orange and blue lenses on. We tell the truth. And are we Broncos fans? You bet. Um, It's very important for us. It goes beyond the profession of covering the team and being analysts, being writers, being podcasters. We love it. Don't get us wrong. But I'm never going to tell you anything that I'm just trying to sell you just right. for the sake of it being the Broncos. And it's real simple. There is a ton of reason to be optimistic. And I love the optimism from Broncos country because we need it right now more than ever in this world. But this team needs help. And Lance is exactly right. I mean, to just think that you won the regular season after winning the draft isn't going to quite work. So while John Elway came out a couple of weeks ago and said, yeah, we can have these tempered expectations. Um, I just get this sense that there's an old school competitiveness of the team. I tweeted out about, uh, about them running wind sprints a few days ago. There's something to that that I just really like. They're running on the hill that yeah. fans are usually sitting on and that right. the media always migrates to because you can actually see better angles from where the fans in the the hill is than standing over there listening to some guy talk forever and ever. So, you know, ultimately seeing them running the hill, knowing that there's competition, I think it's got to push these guys. And one thing that Philip Lindsay said, and and I'm not trying to bash him on, on his comments, but today he was asked, you know, about where he felt his role may be different on the offense. And he said, quote, I feel like this offense for me, it's kind of the same for me. At the end of the day, there are only so many runs and passes you can do. It's about executing. It's about being patient, end quote. Now, he ultimately went on to talk about how he felt that his health in his wrist um, was one of the biggest things that hindered him last season. But correct me if I'm wrong, Carl, this is not anything the offense that Rich Gangarello ran last year. So I'm a little confused by what he means about that. I'm trying to shrug it off as just confidence as it doesn't matter what offense we're doing. I can now I'm a a pass catcher in addition to be a running back. I can come out of the slot and run a few routes. My route tree knowledge has gotten better. I'm more than just a swing route running back. What do you take that as? Because to me, I was really, really confused and scratching my head a little bit. Well, one, it makes me wonder a little bit if they are going to make the decision that he's not going to um, move out into the slot at any point. You know, sometimes they did that with uh, Saquon Barkley there with the Giants. They'd move him out because he's a pretty good route runner and it'd make a defense have to go, okay, oh, here we go. <laughs> How do we defend this guy? We can't play him one on one and that's a change up their entire defense. 
So I, I wonder if maybe that's going to be a Melvin Gordon kind of situation where when they decide to do that, where they motion him out of the backfield, Melvin Gordon gets those, those that playbook. Um, I don't know. And you and I talked about it before of just, I'm not a big fan of Philip Lindsay's route running ability. I think he is very limited in that area. If there's one area, if he could improve that, he could go out there and get himself a, a, a Melvin Gordon kind of contract, but he just doesn't have that right now. He's, he just, the footwork wise, uh, and you can even see it in his running style. It worked well with the Broncos where he is just hitting the hole as fast as he can. And he's beating defenders to the hole. He's not always the most patient running back. And, and it shows again, when he's doing his route running as well, trying to get into uh, a screen pass, he runs right to the spot as fast as he can. And, and defenders just are like, Oh, here we go. So they just follow him right to the spot instead of doing that whole wait one second, you know, one Mississippi, two Mississippi go. Uh, and, and so th- those are the things I want to see him work on and hearing him talk like that. If it's, Oh, it's going to be a lot of the same makes me a little nervous that he didn't work on some of those things. Yeah, I hear you. I share same of the, uh, some of the same concerns. It's, it's like, man, do you, you know, I, I Philip Lindsay's no dummy folks. He's no dummy. Um, we all have slip ups when we speak. I slip up all the time, even on this show, but I'm, I'm hoping I can, I'm hoping I can chalk it up to that. Um, but you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier, that wrist injury, and we talked about it before the show, something that instantly reminded me of a former Bronco, a first round pick who had a wrist injury, who's now out of the league completely, Shane Ray. And while they may play different positions, Philip Lindsay talked at depth today about that wrist injury, saying it really affected his development in terms of uh, working out, in terms of weight training. And those things were very familiar from when Shane Ray had said the same things, Um, hoping obviously that the injuries are are on two different paths and the recovery route for Philip Lindsay goes a lot better than things that transpired with Shane Ray. But yeah, you're putting on that 10 pound of muscle and and the guy looks good. And I think he's going to need it for those hits and bracing some of those hits. But he runs like a big guy, Carl. I mean, let's just be honest. Philip Lindsay runs the way Royce Freeman should run. And Royce Freeman tries to dance around and be this agile athlete that Philip Lindsay is. So yeah. it's one of the most frustrating things in the world. I think Melvin Gordon is a completely different back. So you've got three different backs with three different styles. Maybe one of them doesn't have a style at all in Royce Freeman. He tended to at least to me, to just kind of crawl in his shell and never really embrace the competitive nature. You're not going to see that with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. He's unlike many running backs out there. I mean, he's tall. um, He's not a wide receiver. He can run in between the tackles, but he can just open so much of the field for you. And I absolutely believe Pat Shermer wanted him, whether he wants to admit it in a press conference or not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let me get to some of these super chats real quick. Uh, Chris Hernandez. Uh, this is what I love, man. I, Nick, just uh, he can't do the beard. He can't do the beard. He can't be, uh, someday. <laughs> <laughs> someday he'll grow up. Yeah, but, that's uh, right. Thanks, Chris. Cheers to the beard. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Cheers, brother. Uh, <laughs> You know, it, there, it is. It, it's an exclusive club when you can grow a good, good beard and you see somebody walking down the street and you see a good one. You're like, that's the one. I got a guy in town who just won a huge beard competition. 
Ooh. And I mean, it looks good. He goes to Denver actually to get it all trimmed up. And I mean, it's, it's down to middle of the chest and wow. It's, it's pretty. This is the overtime podcast network. Wow. I love it, Chris. I love it. Thank you very much for the support, but we got some breaking news, Carl breaking news on this show right now. I'm getting it from the, the ones and twos per Ian Rappaport. John is telling me right now. Um, DeMar Dotson was just signed by the Denver Broncos. So the big man is officially an offensive tackle for the Broncos, something that uh, we all thought was going to happen, something that we've been waiting for, something that um, I've been getting a little impatient about. Now, Adam Schefter spoke a little bit today on 104.3 The Fan, and uh, D-Mac had asked him, hey, man, you know, why isn't anything getting done? Adam Schefter quickly pointed out that it does take time, significant amount of time, for these tests to get done. Now, it's not the same thing that it used to be, folks. It's not the same thing where you're just able to fly a guy in and out, give him a physical, and they're signed 12 hours later. Instead, what it seems, at least the optics seem to suggest, that these players are coming in, they're agreeing on contracts, and then the official announcement of them joining the team is coming after said physical test. And uh, use your imagination with what other tests could be going on right now at UC Health Training Center. And those things take time. So, Carl, real quick, and John, thank you very much for the breaking news. What's your initial opinion on uh, DeMar Dotson, former Tampa Bay Buck, now Denver Bronco offensive tackle? Well, and I did want to talk about the, the contract real quick. Uh, Melvin Gordon didn't get signed until like two weeks ago, officially, with the Denver Broncos. That's right. He wasn't getting paid. He was coming at people saying, why are you mad at me for all this money I don't have yet? Yeah, exactly. So they had to wait till they got okay. him to Denver to officially make it official. So the same with Tamar Dodson. They had a contract in mind, but they, they hadn't quite got everything finished up yet. Like I said, they had to do a lot of different tests and physicals, everything else. It just It's kind of a crazy process. Uh, I love the signing. I said in our community, um, what should the Broncos do about the tackle position? My number one choice, DeMar Dotson. Uh, he has been, he's been starting for, what, the last eight years in the NFL? Yep. And he's got kind of a cool background story. If you ever get a chance to go read it, he is a guy that he didn't start playing football until later in life. And just kind of said, hey, I'd like to play football. And he went to college, played defensive tackle, if I remember right. That's right. And then came to the NFL and tried out as an offensive tackle. He was a basketball player that became a football player and tried out, made the team when he'd never played the position before. And uh, he's, what, 6'9"? 6'9", 305. Yeah. Uh, Tree branch of arms, like you were saying. I mean – so he, he can get by, beat by speed, but the nice thing is is he's got such a, a huge width about him with his arms extended. It's hard to get around that guy. He's smart. He's been in the league for a long, long time. He, he's at least uh, – he's better than what Wilkinson showed last year. And, Absolutely. And now, I Absolutely. Say, and I want to interrupt you right there because I encourage everybody. Chad Jensen wrote an article about this, about DeMar Dotson at milehighhuddle.com. And I retweeted it out earlier today, but you will see it on our site. He breaks that down. And I think where you're going to go next, are you going to go, go, go with the pro football focus ratings between him and Elijah? Well, I, I was going to go to the idea of, okay, Elijah last year, he didn't always know where he was going to be playing. So uh-huh. some, of, some of the blame of last year isn't fully on him. Um, sure. But – 
but I mean, I don't want to take away. He still messed up plenty. Uh, and, and the PFF grade, <laughs> I, I do want to say, I, I went back and watched a lot of DeMar Dotson after the whole, hey, looks like Broncos are probably going to sign him thing. I watched his sacks that he gave up. And some of them, I'm like, really, you you counted that against him? So, like, there was one where they were playing uh, the Arizona Cardinals. And he was blocking Terrell Suggs. And he had him blocked. And another player broke through the, the offensive line, had a hold of um, of Winston, and was about to take him down. And so DeMar Dotson just stopped blocking because he thought the play was dead. Well, Winston escaped, and so Suggs came up and finished off the play. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, about five seconds into the play. So are you really going to give him that sack? Right. I'm sorry, but that that just <laughs> – but they, they counted as a negative grade against him. This is where you have to remember the raw stats. They're, they're a beginning point. They're not the full picture. Carl, what and doesn't lie ever? Stats, but. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. If, what doesn't lie? You're watching it. What what did you watch to confirm that? Well, my own eyes. Yeah. Film doesn't yeah. lie ever. Yeah. It never lies. Statistics, and, and we're both analysts, and we, we use them um, to either help us and assist us or, you know, to criticize. It's that simple. And it's not that simple at the same time because you got to go look at the film, just like you said. Now, some of the concerns that I have with DeMar Dodson, Mark Schlaer talked about it a little bit today, NFL analyst, and uh, he said he's still pretty efficient in pass protection. He's a guy you have to manage health-wise. Reps need to be managed through the course of the week. So expect a lighter load for this guy maybe throughout the grind of this season, but he needs to come into training camp right now and get to work. Now, I've got a lot of different questions on how this affects Elijah Wilkinson. One of the big things with Juwan James opting out for me was while others may have felt Elijah feels very happy now that he has a for sure starting job, I think the guy's got to be frustrated and, and, and probably with good reason. He's been training to be the starting left tackle and at least try to compete for that starting position for two seasons. And now for the second season in a row, he's going to either be forced to go into competition with DeMar Dotson as the right tackle or just thrown in and hope it works out. If it doesn't work out, let's consider moving some things around, getting DeMar Dotson in there. Maybe ultimately uh, they figure out Garrett Bowles, he's holding too much. But speak of the devil and speaking with holding, this cat was a very penalized player last year also. That's a huge concern for me as well. Now, he doesn't tackle and choke slam guys the same way that (laughs) our uh, beloved seven does here in Denver, but um, I like the signing as well. I think he's very stable. I think he's smart. I think what he's lost in steps, he can bring maturity and strategy to this line. And this feels like it's got Mike Munchak and Vic Fangio's thumbprints on it a little bit more than it does John Elway. What do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they could not feel comfortable with their backup offensive tackle situation at all. I mean, when, when Wilkinson was supposed to be that kind of swing guy for them and you lose that and you got some young guys that have very little experience at all, 
it just makes you very uncomfortable. You got the second year quarterback that you're trying to get out there to prove that he can do something here in the NFL. You added all these weapons and took a risk on not really adding to the offensive line. I mean, well, I guess they added to the offensive line. I can't say they didn't. They didn't add to the offensive tackle position. And <laughs> right. so really at this point, though, that I mean, that's the main thing. We have to remember at this point in the offseason, DeMar Dotson's about the best you're going to get. What we sign him for? Can we get that pulled up, John or or Carl? I know you were looking at the Melvin Gordon. I want to know if the details of the contract are out yet because I would imagine it's got to be a one year deal. It is one year. I didn't see the money yet. Yeah, how much do you think they're they're paying them in Broncos country? I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you know all of y'all, our super chat stars, our, our our super chat supporters, our chat supporters. Let us know what you guys hear, what you're thinking. What would you pay for an offensive tackle who used to be uh, what an eight year starter for the Tampa Bay Bucks? Uh, I believe his, like you said, his mom. Um, very interesting backstory. His mom has a PhD. They're extremely intelligent. Uh, Good stuff, man. I'm pumped. I'm pumped yeah. to have another tackle in the house. All right. Well, let's get to some super chats, see if John can find the contract money. Uh, but Terry Randall coming in. Hashtag use the force, Luke. Hashtag Dumbler, Carl Dumbler. Hashtag cheers to the beards. Cheers to the beards. Terry, I need you to grow that beard longer. I see that five o'clock shadow. You got to get in here with us, man. With the beards, the fall's right around the corner. Football's right around the corner. Nothing looks better than a beard in fall. And then uh, Larry Vaughn coming in with a question here with our subject of the day. Do you think the Broncos fully believe in Lindsay? Hmm. Well, okay. So good I think question, they, Larry. I think they believe that he is starter quality, but I do think that they question his one long-term ability in the NFL and, and two, his perfect fit with the system because Pat Shermer loves to use the running backs in the pass game. Absolutely loves it. They are a huge part of it. Where last year you saw with Scangarilla where he liked his running backs to kind of stay in, help with pass protection protection a lot more, and and really didn't have – they were more of like the fourth option in the, the passing game. Pat Schirmer, running back, could be the first option in the pass game. Sure. So uh, I, I just think that's where they, they questioned a little bit of Philip Lindsay being the big-time starter that's going to take this offense to the next level. And to give, I guess, the smart aleck answer, they believe in him $600,000 worth, uh, <laughs> you know, I would say. And, and, but, you know, that's the that's the truth. I mean, that's just it. John said that he would look at redoing the Philip Lindsay deal, and maybe he did look at it. Um, everyone seems to think, well, what happened? He didn't look at it. Maybe he did look at it and say, you know what? Maybe instead of paying Phil, I'll go get Melvin Gordon. Because uh, John doesn't do anything um, just based off of a whim. He's very educated, yep. very thorough. Uh, sometimes he's so thorough he gets in his own way. And I think right. that's where Vic Fangio comes in as well and is able to lend him with some of that experience. But we've got Duke coming in. Duke, appreciate you watching the show. There's nothing wrong with wearing the orange and blue glasses. Denver's going 19-0 until proven otherwise. Duke, I love it. I immediately think of Mr. Pat Bolin as soon as you say that. Um, you know, he's we're winning the Super Bowl and we're going undefeated every single year. I absolutely love it. Um, nothing wrong with orange and blue glasses, but uh, when it's our responsibility as analysts to give you guys the truth, uh, sometimes the truth hurts just a little bit. But you know what? I think we've got some some good times ahead of us in Broncos country, especially in 2020. So a lot of things to be optimistic about, Carl. Yep. 
Yeah, I, I like where the team's going. I was a little surprised. I can't remember if it was ESPN or whoever put out their best under 25 teams under the age yeah. of 25. And they had the Broncos at like 19th. Now, they also that. had the Broncos as the team that could climb the most, that has the most potential to really move up those charts, which is understandable. They, Like I said, they have a lot of unproven talent. But uh, I was just a little shocked, especially when you got like Cortland Sutton, you got Bradley Chubb, two guys that have really proven themselves in the NFL already. And there just wasn't much talk or excitement about them. But uh, Mundungus, Creevy, I think I said that right, coming in here with the Super Chat. Hello, Dotson. Goodbye. Hashtag eyebrow opt out. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's really I good. That. I love um, it. That's my favorite so far. Thank, Thank you, you, Mr. Creevy. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know what? Speaking of, you know, if we're just talking about what guys look like and I'm going to be a five-year-old and poke fun of someone's appearance, Lord knows I shouldn't do it because I have a face for radio. But <laughs> is it me or does it look like DeMar Watson is just a large Vance Joseph? I mean, the faces are very similar. I feel like if, you know, VJ got in the weight room, maybe started eating, gorging himself, he could look like a DeMar Dotson. But in case you guys missed it, news of the hour, DeMar Dotson is officially a Denver Bronco. He's an offensive tackle. What do you guys think the Broncos are going to do with him? I mean, they've got some options now. Was he signed to be the starting right tackle so that Elijah Wilkinson can be the swing tackle and compete against Garrett Bowles? Or is he going to be a backup for Elijah Wilkinson, who played a lot of right tackle last year, but I can't definitively say he did a great job. So I'll say if Jamar Dotson made two million or less, he's a backup. If he makes two three million or more, they view him as the starter. But does it really matter? And the reason I ask you this is because who's your starting right tackle next year? Well, it's Juwan James. Exactly. So we know that it's not going to be Elijah Wilkinson. You know that it's not going to be DeMar Dotson. So, I mean, conspiracy tinfoil hat on. If Elijah Wilkinson comes out and actually looks decent at the left tackle position, do they let him continue to go that route and give him a few reps at right tackle? I mean, we're talking about a guy who's going to turn, I think, 35 years old or 34 years old in the fall. So – You've got an older cat. Um, he came into the league in 2009. I graduated high school in 2009. So I'm definitely looking at this cat and feeling a little old and definitely out of shape considering he's still playing in the NFL and I never made it. But, uh, yeah, man, I think it's something that, that it gives you versatility. Now you effectively have two swing tackles. Um, he did spend some time at left tackle. I know Chad wrote about that on milehighhuddle.com. But – He's a right tackle, plain yep. and simple. Um, some people that I was trying to text with as, as we're figuring this out are saying, you know, there's still gas in the tank there, but because the Tampa Bay Bucks opted to go with Tristan Wirfs, I believe, yep. um, this cat just couldn't – he just – they didn't want to go with him with Tom Brady. It's that yep. simple. So it doesn't mean that you've got a scrap player or you have a scrub. Some players like Tyler Columbus, former Denver Bronco, was saying today that he couldn't believe a player with this much starting NFL experience, especially an offensive tackle, was available. So it could be a great signing for the Denver Broncos. Right. Well, and that's that's just it. They just need average play from the tackle spots, and they can be in a, a dynamic offense. They don't need all pro players at the tackle spot to be good. 
I yeah. mean, the, the Chiefs, they have one all-pro and one below-average tackle. I mean, Eric Fisher is not a great tackle. He got – and. And we you just know they're not getting all pros. I mean, right. like, could they use one? You're damn right. But yeah. we know they're not getting one. Right, right. And so if you can get just even, like I said, an average starter at the spot, man, that would make such a huge difference. Broncos have been one of the worst at that right tackle spot ever since they they made the stupid decision to move Orlando Franklin to guard. Yep. I, that was one of those decisions that made no sense. He had a bad Super Bowl. I understand. But – before that, he looked like a at least an average right tackle in the NFL. So one game shouldn't change that for a player, but but it did for him. I, I loved Orlando Franklin. Yeah, and, Big uh, O. Big oh, O's yeah. the man, and Big O is shedding that weight. Big O's uh, – yeah. yeah, Big O. I got to watch a couple Bronco games with him last year, and the amount of offensive line knowledge that that guy has is insane. I yeah. mean, I, I wish I would have brought a pen and paper, you know, <laughs> so I could write down some of the stuff he was telling me he was seeing on the offensive line that I've never even heard of. So right. you're exactly right. I mean, it's, it's just plagued them for years. Now, I did hear Mike Kliss say this morning that – they did kick the tires on Jared Valdir. Something I was very surprised about. They didn't bring him in or anything like that. But, I mean, kicking the tires on Jared Valdir, I definitely didn't like that. If that would have come to fruition, I'd be, you know, pulling what hair I have left out of my head. Uh, but Samar Dotson, he gives them a lot. He gives them a lot of experience, um, especially on an offensive line that your second most experienced player would be Graham Glasgow. So it's a youth movement on the offensive line, and that's definitely a good thing for the big men trending upwards. But you need an experienced offensive tackle, and the Broncos got one. Yep. All right, well, Stu McPeak coming in here with a super chat. Appreciate that. Hi, Thanks, all. Stu. And uh, love the planes in the background. Um, actually buying some plane tickets here later this week. So kind Where of going? going to Vegas. Going to Las Vegas. Yeah, Carl's going go to Vegas, baby. The, I'm going to go check out the Roomba. Okay. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that. We're, we're going out there for a Spartan race. Oh, right on, man. Good for you. So you're in yeah. shape and ready to do it. Got it. And we've got a long ways to go before that. That's yeah. why I so <laughs> nice, man. I like it. I like it. Broncos country travels. Well, I've seen tons of Broncos fans in Vegas looking yeah. forward to seeing even more uh, throughout the, the rest of time, I guess. Right. Yeah. Not the Las I, Vegas Raiders are there, man. I know. I, I would never have gone to a game out in Oakland. No. Heard too many horror stories of, of outside fans coming in. But Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. I'll go to a game there. No problem. But uh, Kevin Peterson coming in with the super chat. His contract entails kicking JJ out of his home. <laughs> he takes his hundred fifty thousand and additional four million a year. He's also entitled to sneeze on JJ at will. <laughs> oh, Kevin, you're Kevin. You're an absolute beast. Uh, I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, I hear you. It's it's tough. It is what it is with Jawan James. But uh, you know, I've, I've heard Broncos country say this can ultimately ultimately be a rallying cry for the team i mean I'm, I'm thinking about it right now and i'm thinking how does dalton reisner feel graham glasgow lloyd cushionberry some of these other offensive linemen that are going to be on the starting unit you know how's garrett bulls feel about this addition they've got to be pretty happy they're getting an experienced player that mike munchak definitely signed on with i think if uh munchak said no 
Ellie's probably going to be listening to Mike Munchak and so is Coach Vic Fangio, considering he seems to know a thing or two on the offensive line. But, uh, yeah, breaking news of the night, man. I, I, I'm pumped. I've been waiting for this forever yeah. and ever, and it's great to actually break this news. Thanks right. to John on the ones and twos coming in about 15 minutes ago as uh, DeMar Dotson's a Denver Bronco. And uh, the biggest questions the next few weeks and throughout training camp are going to be, you know, what's it going to look like without a preseason? What's it going to look like in these practices? You said it earlier. Friday's the big day. Friday's the big boy day. Friday's when practice officially starts. We're starting to get rid of this ramp up. It's still going to be light. But uh, Charlie Beagle coming in, rallying cry, let's win it for Juwan. Oh, man, I could not. We're Im- piling on today. <laughs> I could not imagine. Yeah, no, this is if, – if anyone thought people were rough to Garrett Bowles, I encourage them to uh, tune into this show because Juwan James is definitely taking some heat. And uh, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but you definitely have to respect the man's choice. Um, and he was given that right. So that being said, we got Steven coming in. The deal is worth three mil with incentives. Steven, I appreciate that. Steven, we rely on you so much for when uh, we're not able to grab that news. It seems like Steven's always on it. John's always on it. We have so many of our Super Chat stars from the other podcasts that hop on in addition to our own staff. So, Steven, definitely appreciate that, brother. Deal is worth three mil with incentives. So, Carl, what were you saying earlier? Does that tell you whether or not he's a starting right tackle or is he your swing? Yeah, I said three million and up. And so that's three Ooh. million with incentives. Um, I, I think, okay, so here, here's a couple things. One, that that experience in a, in a shortened offseason like this, a guy that is smart, that knows what he's doing, that, that's going to be just so huge. And it's going to be, for, for the coaching staff, just a comfort thing over Elijah Wilkinson, who's coming off of an injury, who just finally got off PUP not too long ago, right? Um, and, and so I just – I feel like he's going to have the upper hand in this situation when it comes to to winning the starting job. Now, the, the question is then, let's say he wins that job. Does Elijah Wilkinson then go into a competition with Garrett Bowles real quick? Yeah. I mean, I, I think he does. I just wonder then, again, you've got one month before the season starts can you have two different competitions happen on that offensive line in that short time? Sure. That's That's why you have a student. It's going to be tough. And is it unrealistic? Yeah, I think so. Does it sound good with you and I sitting on our nice chairs in a room saying, yeah, he can be a right tackle and a left tackle. Go compete for both. You bet. Uh, Definitely not as easy as it sounds. So I, I agree with you there, but you know, as I start to look at it, man, I mean, I just, I could see Garrett starting the position and I can see Elijah Wilkinson eventually replacing him. One of the reasons I say that you can't have both of your offensive tackles have holding penalties. Now, while I would be much more um, able to believe or likely to believe that 72 is going to be holding as opposed to our new Bronco offensive tackle, DeMar Dotson, um, man, I don't need all those penalties. I don't need any more penalties. I'm trying to take away from penalties. So definitely a concern. I think that the Broncos are going to work with, like you said, not every stat is always as bad as it is. Um, Garrett Bowles, the argument was made that he improved last year. While I can sometimes go with that and Lance will tell you, I'll fight him two for (laughs) nil. um, I, I also agree that he didn't get any worse. 
you know, sometimes it's it's that and camouflages can carry up or cover up a lot of warts. So, well, and, uh, and I think you saw, especially with Garrett Bowles, how much a quarterback that knows what they're doing makes a difference for an offensive tackle. You mean one that's not a statue like Joe Flacco just standing right. there, dropping right. back in the pocket? And not running backwards when they see pressure? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that, that just makes such a huge difference. I, I always said it with Trevor Simeon. One of my biggest issues with Trevor Simeon was his drops were too far. And he put so much pressure on that offensive line to have to hold up longer than they needed to and to cover a bigger arc than they needed to. And it's the same with the the Bruce Arian system. Yep. That's James exactly Winston it. held on to that ball a long time, partly because the system called for it. Other times it was because he he felt like he was Russell Wilson running around back there, and he's not Russell Wilson. And it just led to a lot of extra sacks and extra pressures that didn't need to happen. You mean Mr. Where, Un- Mr. Unlimited, right? Is that – what we call Russell Wilson unlimited. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Russell Wilson. I don't know. I know we saw some videos with him hanging out and running routes with Antonio Brown a little bit earlier, but I hope he's not hanging out with that guy too much because things are a little weird right now. If you go check out Russell Wilson's Twitter. So you got to be careful there, but I want to give a huge shout out to uh, one of our listeners, Duke Boynton. And uh, he's coming in on Twitter letting everybody know that building the Broncos podcast is breaking this news after Ian Rappaport broke it first, but he's coming in going back to Philip Lindsay. As we wrap up the show, Duke coming in saying more than anger, um, maybe Phil would feel disrespected. Lindsay was and is disrespected. And that feeling is going to play out on the field. Um, I agree with you, Duke, because we don't have a reason not to. I mean, right. Phil, Phil's come out there and has absolutely performed and done everything the Broncos have asked him to do, including becoming a young leader of that locker room. Now, players like Phil. The coach likes Phil. You see Coach and Phil going up to basketball games. Uh, well, you used to see him going up to basketball games, but Phil's a very personable guy. Um, the community loves him. His teammates love him. And, uh, you know, the same thing can be said for Melvin Gordon. He's coming into a situation where um, I don't think he's a bad guy he may not have been the running back that i wanted to bring in but you know what he's here and um he appears to have completely embraced the denver broncos i mean my goodness go to their twitter and see flash gordon all over the place getting his new broncos threads and to see a a player get excited to be putting on the orange and blue it's one thing for us because we're always wearing it we love to be in it but to see an old rival like a charger come in and be like man this is my gear I'm a Bronco now. I'm not a Charger anymore. None of that baby blue. We're going orange. That's what I'm talking about, Carl. I'm getting fired up thinking about it, man. Phil Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, and now DeMar Dotson. The Broncos just keep adding them up, and I know it wasn't the plan, but you know what? John Elway approving once again. He can call an audible. Yeah. I mean, you you have to be that way in the NFL. If you expect that everybody's going to stay healthy, everything's going to go exactly to plan every step of the way. I'm sorry. Good luck. I mean, I I've got some property <laughs> here in Kansas. That's beachfront for you. Uh, it's just, that's just never going to happen. So you have to it. plan for the unexpected and the Broncos have done well this off season of, of zigging when they needed to zagging when they need to, and just really adding a lot to this roster that wasn't there last year. So excited about that. Let's get to these last couple of super chats that we have here. Uh, 
Mundungus. I like that. Mund- I, I say that five times fast. Creevy coming in with another super chat. James put more work into making that baby, allegedly, than he has on the football field. Hashtag eyebrow opt out. James or, or Mr. Creevy, man, an absolute savage. Mr. Creevy, I got to tell you, you if you're not involved in stand-up comedian uh, or comedy, you should already look at it. I would be afraid to go to your show just out of fear for you roasting me. I know I don't have the best looking <laughs> eyebrows either, but absolutely love the comments coming in hot. And that's just one of the things about Broncos country. Say what you want about them. Um they get after the players that they feel have done them wrong and they love the players that they feel do, do them right. But the passion is there. And that's one thing that I'm always, always impressed with, with Broncos country, including our audience on building the Broncos tonight. All right. Well, Dennis Woods coming in here. Love the picture. Got the grizzly bear. Uh, yeah. Welcome Dotson. So will he start at right tackle and Wilkinson swing or will he compete with Wilkinson for the right tackle job? He's going to compete. I mean, it's not going to just be handed to him. And, uh, I mean, the Broncos, I, I will say, Mike Munchak loves Elijah Wilkinson. Loves him. and Loves him? Uh, yes, loves him. How do you know he loves him? Uh, they, I've, I've talked to some people. And, oh, uh, he loves him. I love loves, it. I have not yeah. heard that, dude. Yeah. You're giving me goosebumps. There you go. Uh, th- there's just some that uh, Elijah Wilkinson is a hard worker. Okay. And coaches always gravitate towards those who are willing to put in the work. Now, it doesn't mean he's the best athlete by any means. Of course he's not. It doesn't mean he's going to ever be the best tackle. But if you're willing to work, coaches are going to put time into you. And they've done that with Elijah Wilkinson. So they're going to give him every chance to go win that job. DeMar Dodson, like I said, I think he has the advantage because he's got that veteran presence. He's done it for a lot of years in a lot of different systems. And he's been able to perform at a decent level, at least most every single year. I, I just think he's probably going to end up winning the job. But uh, I, I, I could see Wilkinson then going and competing with Garrett Bowles and maybe winning that job. You never know. I mean, he, he's got some opportunities here. And uh, he, he could make himself some money because he's that restricted free agent. This is his year to prove himself. So maybe that fires him up to go out and win that competition. But, uh, I mean, I'm just glad that we're having a competition. Lots of competition. We're going to have yep. competition in the wide receiver core for guys trying to make the team. The tight end group is thick. The running backs, we've been talking about them all night. The offensive line, man, there's going to be competition everywhere. And then that's not even looking at the defense. We can get into the defensive backs, the linebackers, the D-line. There's going to be a lot of competition on this team. And uh, it's something that should give Broncos fans a lot of optimism. we got Chris, Chris Hernandez coming in, MHH fans don't forget before you leave click those little thumbs up so yeah please go ahead and give us a like or a thumbs up uh be sure to give us a review as well anywhere you get your podcast like carl said earlier we do read those and we take them to heart and we want to constantly improve so we can bring you the best broncos coverage ever and carl looks like we're coming up on our our time man and uh, between talking about Philip Lindsay and the competition at running backs with Melvin Gordon to breaking the DeMar Dotson story to going over where DeMar Dotson's going to play. I mean, I think if you asked me as we wrap up the show, where's DeMar Dotson going to play, you might get a different answer every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun to see what they do during practices of how they mix and match those guys. Uh, they might be moving them around each practice, each set of reps. Uh, you, you never know. Uh, that, that's uh, 
that's going to be fun to see. And, and like I said, I'm just glad there's going to be competition. Last year, unfortunately, it just so much of the the team was so set because they just didn't have the talent there to, to really make a lot of uh, great depth. This year, yep. there's a little bit more depth. They're really building something here. And hopefully it can all come together at the right time and we can see uh, the, mm-hmm. the Broncos are meant to be. So Jake Rogers probably on the outside looking in um, at this point in time. I believe they had two roster slots available, so they just filled one. Um, so they definitely don't need to cut anybody right now or anything like that. We would have already seen that happen. Tamar Dotson, officially a Denver Bronco. It's going to be crazy, man. It's going to be training camp. It's it's going. They got him in just in time here on a Tuesday before practice starts on a Friday and. Uh, it's gonna be exciting to have a new uh, a new offensive tackle out there, man. I'm pumped to see it and pumped to see where we go from here. Yeah, yeah, me too. All right, well, we better get out of here. Uh, appreciate everyone joining us here once again for another great episode of Building the Broncos. Uh, make sure that you're heading over to uh, the Huddle Up podcast uh, pages wherever you listen to Huddle Up. I mean, you've got MHI, you've got Building the Broncos, you've got Mile High Huddle, you've got you've got a all these great shows out there. So make sure you're listening every single day. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter as well at Luke Patterson, LP me at Carl Dumbler, MHH, Nick at Nick Kindle, MHH, uh, reach out to him, give him good vibes, pray for him, whatever. Uh, Cause like, like I said, they might be with power without power for a week, man, that sounds crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We got to oh. keep Iowa, keep Iowa in uh, thoughts and prayers, you know, especially having some Iowa guys here in the Broncos and with us on mile high huddle. So definitely thinking of Nick and uh, appreciate you and Nick allowing me the opportunity to come on and flap my gums with you here on a Tuesday night. Cause we always have fun, man. So we do. We do. I always love it, man. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to doing it some more soon and uh, yeah, let's wrap it up, buddy. All right. Well, for Luke, I'm Carl wrapping up another episode of building the Broncos podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you soon. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.